0: Welcome to the Eric Erickson
1: Show podcast, hour two. If you want proof that I love you guys, and I'm glad to be back with you, the Apple keynote is happening right now, and, and I am not running the best of. I I didn't take today off. I'm, I'm with you guys. I will watch it later. This was one of the, the fun things I used to do with Rush Limbaugh, uh, is I would watch the keynote while he was on air and texting the highlights he would have it on in the background and uh we 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 both loved our apple slave made products <laughs> so now i'm watching it i don't have him or anyone and don't spare don't 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 do it those of you who know me you, you, i won't see him anyway the way i've got my text messages set up but nonetheless they're introducing their vr glasses today i probably will get a pair the office i'll say this the office will be getting a pair <laughs> the phone number if you want to be on the program today, 877-973-7425 it's just a reminder to me to program my vacation around the apple uh event next year but it's all right um i i want to begin with toyota my buddy braden has a new toyota prius he's very proud of and and i would pick on him except he had a, a he had an f150 a ford pickup truck and he travels a lot, this car gets like a 1,000 miles before you fill it up. It's absurd. It is, on paper, it gets 56 miles per gallon. But it's something new, and and I had to familiarize myself with the term. It's not a hybrid. It's a plug-in hybrid. And so now we have to educate ourselves on these new things. So a hybrid car, one of the the most famous was what, the the Chevy Volt or Bolt, whatever it is, where essentially it was a fossil fuel burning combustion engine and also a battery, and you could use the battery, and then the, the engine could charge, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, it's um, different from a plug-in electric hybrid because the Chevy Volt or Bolt or whatever it was, it didn't plug in. But now you have a plug-in electric hybrid where you can use the battery or you can use the combustion engine. You can use a combination of the two. He uses his mostly to drive around uh, his area. And as a result, it mostly just uses the electric side. It doesn't use the fossil fuel burning side. And he can go a 1,000 miles before he fills up with gas. And then it has a small gas uh, tank, so it's it's not massive, uh, not, not doesn't hold a lot of gas, but it goes very far. So his family can take this if they need it. Now they got a big SUV as well, but he can take it on a long trip. He drives a lot. He sometimes drives out of state, and he can take it, and he's not worrying about filling it up with gas constantly. Not a not a bad setup. Toyota made the decision that it wasn't gonna build full electric vehicles. It made the decision it wasn't gonna build full electric vehicles because in large part, they have concluded that the plug-in hybrid and the hybrid actually perform better. You can get them to zero emissions for the most part and you can make more of them. The overall, this is, this is statistics from Toyota. More than 300 new lithium, cobalt, nickel, and graphite mines are needed to meet the expected battery demand of 2035. The amount of raw materials in one long-range battery electric vehicle could make six plug-in hybrid electric vehicles or 90 hybrid electric vehicles. So the amount of raw materials made for a single fully battery-powered car could make six plug-in hybrids or 90 just regular hybrid electric cars. The overall carbon reduction of those 90 hybrids over their lifetime is actually 37 times as much as a single battery electric vehicle. By the way, that's true. Now, why is that true? Because of the carbon emissions used to mine and process the materials for the single electric car, you're actually better off with the 90 hybrid electric vehicles that use fossil fuels and electricity together to power them further over longer. You would think it would be a great thing. I mean, I, I'm thinking about the, the, my my buddy Braden. He's got this car. He can drive it a thousand miles. Before he needs to fill up. Now, if he's traveling nonstop, it's about 600 miles. But piddling around town, plugging it up on occasion, using mostly electric, he's getting over 1,000 miles on a single tank of gas. And it's mostly using the electric side, not the combustion engine side. You could produce a lot of those for one fully electric vehicle. The response from the environmentalists and the left is to try to fire the CEO of Toyota. Not making that up. The California Public Employees Retirement System, CalPERS, and New York City's Public Works Pension Fund have voted against Mr. Toyota, the CEO, Akia Toyota, have voted against his re-election as CEO. The proxy advisory firm Glass Lewis has recommended shareholders vote against him. They say he deserves the boot because Toyota's board is not sufficiently independent of management. But their governance model is old news. It's been around for a while. The sudden concern comes because Mr. Toyota has directed the company to not make fully electric vehicles, but instead make hybrid vehicles, and the left wants fully electric vehicles. Now, 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 the, I, I, I want to read you a couple of headlines. This is from October of 2016. WikiLeaks dump, when they dumped all the data from WikiLeaks, it showed Russia was funding radical environmentalists. And this is from the International Business Times. In an excerpt of a speech in 2014, Hillary Clinton intended to portray environmentalist groups opposed to fracking and pipeline construction as a Russian plot. In fact, in 2022, the European Parliament investigated the role of Russia funding environmental organizations shaping their climate policy. And in fact, in 2014, it turned out the Russians were funding environmentalist groups that were opposed to fracking Because the Russians wanted to sell natural gas to the Europeans, and so funded environmentalist groups opposed to fracking, which would have liberated the European Union from the grip of Russian uh, natural gas control. Now, this goes back to the 1980s and the Soviet Union, the Soviet Union in the 1970s and 80s. You will recall in the 1990s, after the fall of the Berlin Wall and the collapse of the Soviet Union, Boris Yeltsin was president of the the Russian Federation and allowed outsiders to go into the KGB archives. And in addition to discovering the correspondence of Ted Kennedy asking that the Soviets get involved in the 1984 election between Reagan and Mondale, yes, Ted Kennedy tried to get the Soviets to interfere in the 1984 presidential election. It also turned out that the Soviets have been funding Western environmentalist groups. It's why so many of them are called watermelons, because they're green on the outside, but they're communist red on the inside. A lot of Western environmentalist groups in the 1980s opposed to Ronald Reagan's Star Wars program and his uh, ballistic missile nuclear program were actually funded by the Soviets. It would be no small leap for the Chinese to be doing the same thing. The Chinese, in fact, have been funding the Confucius Institutes. Around the country, in the United States, on college campuses, they've been funding Confucius Institutes in order to i uh, propagandize the communist message out of China. And why wouldn't they be funding environmentalist groups? China makes all the money on the electric vehicles. China makes all the money. China controls most of the mines and the rare earth minerals. And You know what China's been doing very strategically around the world is they've been giving large loans to third world countries. And in giving those large loans to third world countries with uh, ridiculous terms, when those countries default on the loans, China calls them in and then takes over their mines and takes over their ports. So the Chinese are acquiring rare earth mineral mines and ports around the world through encouraging the default of loans from third world governments. And then you have outside environmentalist groups trying to oppose Toyota because Toyota has figured out it can actually do better for the environment and produce a bunch of electric hybrid vehicles that comply with all of the demands for emissions reductions, but they're not fully electric, so they're not as dependent on China. And because they're not as dependent on China, you've got these left-wing groups and unions coming out to get them. And you've got people like Larry Fink and BlackRock trying to force values and views on these companies. This is a video that surfaced of Larry Fink from BlackRock. Listen, I'm talking about getting uh, organizations, Larry Fink of BlackRock, one of the big uh, proponents of ESG, Environmental Social Governance Standards for Corporations, talking about how you got to force companies to do these things it's just you have to force behaviors
2: and if you don't force behaviors whether it's gender or race or just any way you want to say the composition of your team
1: you're going to be impacted and that's not just not recruiting it is development as ken said how do you force change though i mean larry blackrock has has really been the forefront
2: of the esg movement within within corporate governance and a real leader and yet change is so slow, so what is, uh, and, and Ken as well, what, what, how do you force change when it is so incremental and so gradual? Um, how do you do something more radical? Have you thought about that? Has the board of American Express thought about more radical things we could do
1: to enhance diversity and inclusion?
2: Because it has to be imbued in the culture of a firm.
1: It has to be talked about, it has to be shown. Behaviors across
2: the entire firm in every region have to be similar. And every citizen of the firm has to understand what is acceptable behaviors and what
1: are unacceptable behaviors. What are unacceptable behaviors? Yes. You have to force behaviors. It's what they're trying to do by bullying these companies. And what's happening, intentionally or not, and I suspect a lot of it is intentional, is they're getting further and further in bed with China. They're elevating China. They're emboldening China. I would not be surprised to learn that the Chinese, like the Soviets in the 1980s, are funding environmentalist groups around the world to try to push electric-powered vehicles when Toyota is showing and has the data to prove better for the environment overall to do electric hybrid vehicles. And the result is that These left-wing groups are trying to fire the CEO of the company for actually his audacity in trying to improve the environment instead of indebting all of us to China. If these people really were serious about the environment, they would be applauding Toyota. Instead, they want Toyota indebted to China for rare earth minerals, which makes you wonder who's funding these groups. This other program brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan. If you are anywhere in the United States and need to grow your business, reach out to them. FirstLibertyGA.com. You buy and build and build and build and grow a franchise, see if they can help you. FirstLibertyGA.com. Now, I want to go to the phones. Peggy, welcome to the show. How are you? Hey, Eric. How are you? Great. What's going on? You know, I am
0: so glad that you're bringing up this topic about Toyota and the hybrids. How long has the Prius been around? 20 years or so? Right. If, if the Greenies were that concerned about the environment, why has there not been more hybrids from then until now? And now they make it, you know, the choice between um, combustion engine and environmentally unfriendly electric and you
1: know it's obvious that it's power
0: and money it's not the environment
1: yes that's exactly well said uh they 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 want control they want to exert control over our lives And, and there's also a dirty little secret here too peggy that i don't think people understand that if they force everyone into an electric vehicle that is purely electric battery powered and charged it would limit your ability to move around And that's part of what they wish to do is to incentivize people in cities, to incentivize moving people to cities, to incentivize people in some way not being able to live out in the country. They they want nature to be nature, Uh, never mind the farmers, never mind uh, the people who have to live in the country. Uh, force their tractors to be electric as well and suddenly you've got uh, a mass cost increase for farms in this country, extra power supply issues that that uh, we, we don't have the power it's, it's a control issue. they want to control us. They want to control how we live our lives. This is why in all the bad movies of late all the all the the big superhero movies and sci-fi movies, the environmentalists are always the bad guy. Because they're the ones who want to control our lives. I mean, the Godzilla movie, it was the environmentalists who wanted to wipe out humanity to save the planet. In, in the Avengers movies, Thanos wanted to snap his finger and wipe out half the universe to save the universe. It's the environmentalists or they're these Malthusian cultists who want to wipe us all out. They want to drive up energy prices and everything else. It is absurd and costly. They want to control our lives. They want to tell us how to live. And Toyota's got a way to actually meet their goals, and they don't like it because it would give you the freedom to move about the country, which they're opposed to. Now, I, I need to talk to the people at Vision Computers. I, I, this is supposed to be where I tell you to use Vision Computers, and you can call them 404-COMPUTE or you can go to visioncomputers.com. If you call them at 404-COMPUTE, you can ask about the Eric Eric special. But I need to address the Vision Computers people because I haven't seen my son. Uh, My son got his gaming PC, and I finally had to put restrictions and timeouts on it because he's just in his room talking to his friends. He comes out and says, Dad, it hasn't got less than 2,400 frames per second, and then he runs back in his room, and this has been going on. We went on vacation last week, and he was having withdrawals from not being able to use his gaming PC. They got on the phone with me. I told him, look, I got a 14-year-old. Here's what he likes to play. They built him a PC, and it's perfect for him, and he loves it. But I don't see him anymore, so we had to put these timeouts on it. If you want that sort of experience where you call them and say, here's what I want, here's what I need for your home, for your kids, for your business, and then get their tech support. I don't even fix this computer. He calls Vision Computers and talks to them, and they do it for him, and they've got him figured out. Call them, 404-COMPUTE, or visioncomputers.com, 404-COMPUTE. Ask about the Eric Erickson special. Unbelievably great stuff. Hi there. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here across the nation. The phone number 877-973-7425. We need to talk about Joe Biden. The New York Times has begun to talk about Joe Biden. You will recall, I was told credibly, in fact, Charlie and Philip were both with me. We were in Washington, D.C. last October, beginning of October went up there, did some media interviews and the like. And we were told at the time by multiple reporters from multiple outlets that the word on the street was the New York Times was after the election, everyone expected it to be a disaster for the Democrats. They were going to start pounding Joe Biden, trying to push him out of the race. And it didn't happen. The election went well for the Democrats. The stories have always been there, though. And we're now starting to get a slow trickle. As more and more polling shows, actually, that Joe Biden does not have uh strong polling across the nation. It's not good. I mean, I'm just looking right now. You've got nationally Robert Kennedy Jr. is at 17% of the real career politics polling average. You got Marion Williamson at that's bad for an incumbent president who only right now has 60% of his party support. That's really bad. In the general election, Ron DeSantis beats Joe Biden pretty decisively. In fact, when you look at uh, the popularity right now, of these candidates, Uh, it actually looks good for a DeSantis situation versus Joe Biden. Trump and Biden are tied roughly, and DeSantis is slightly ahead by a point and a half. If it were Trump versus Harris, Donald Trump would win by six points right now. The Democrats know they have problems. And thus we get to the New York Times over the weekend inside the complicated reality of being America's oldest president. The subtitle, the subtext, President Biden is asking voters to keep him in the White House until age 86, renewing attention to an issue that polls show troubles most Americans. It's a very soft, soft push forward on the front of Joe Biden's Got Problems. There was the time last winter when President Biden was awakened at 3 a.m. while on a trip to Asia and told a missile had struck Poland, touching off a panic that Russia might have expanded the war in Ukraine to a NATO ally. Within hours, in the middle of the night, President Biden consulted his top advisors, called the president of Poland and the NATO Secretary General, and gathered fellow world leaders to deal with the crisis. And then there was a time a few weeks ago when the president was hosting children for Take Your Child to Work Day and became mixed up as he tried to list his grandchildren. So let me see. I got one in New York, two in Philadelphia, or is it three? No, three, because I got one granddaughter who is. I don't know. You're you're confusing me. He also drew a blank when asked the last country he'd visited in the name of a favorite movie. The two Joe Bidens exist in the same octogenarian president, sharp and wise at critical moments, the product of decades of seasoning, able to rise to the occasion, even in the dead of night, to confront a dangerous world, yet a little slower, a little softer, a little harder of hearing, a little more tentative in his walk, a little more prone to occasional lapses of memory in ways that feel familiar to anyone who's reached their ninth decade or as a parent who has this is a real problem for the democrats and it's not going to get better he's not going to get any younger look at the look at the republican field so let me play you this audio this is dan balls uh political prognosticator who's on abc he makes a point here you need to hear
0: And Dan, of course, whatever message the White House wants to give out and having the president in the Oval Office this week, we saw an image that stayed with a lot of people, and that is the president falling down after that Air Force uh, commencement speech. How does that play? We talk about this every week, that voters are legitimately concerned about President Biden's age.
2: Two things, Martha. One is we know that most Americans uh, have no enthusiasm for a rematch between the former president and the current president. That's point that's point one. Um, but it doesn't mean that if that is the rematch that people will not, in a sense, take traditional sides, that they will move to the red camp and and the blue camp. Um, Age is certainly a factor for both men, but more so for the president, because he's older and because he has shown some signs of of that aging. Um, But I think in the end, um, people will not necessarily make their decision on that. They're going to make their decision on what what each candidate who's the nominee is offering the country and the arguments between the two about the dangers of the other becoming president. And I think ultimately we get down to that in the final stage, but, but at the, as the president has said, age is an important issue and, and voters should and uh, be thinking about that. Let's step back for just a moment on this one.
1: You have an octogenarian, who will be running, if Donald Trump is the nominee, against an octogenarian. Two old dudes running for president, who most of the country actually doesn't want. Now, the partisans, the the hardcore Democratic partisans, they're with Joe Biden. A lot of the hardcore Republican partisans are with Donald Trump. And it's an emotional issue. The Democrats think they need Biden to stop Trump. The Trump supporters think they need Trump to stop Biden, even though he didn't last time, but they claim it was stolen from him, whether it was or not. But what about everybody else? You've got Ron DeSantis in his forties. You've got uh Tim Scott, I think in his forties. Nikki Haley in her early fifties. You've got uh how old is Mike Pence? Uh Mike Pence is in his he's 63 years old. Nikki Haley is fifty one. Tim Scott is fifty seven. Okay, so Tim Scott's older than Nikki Haley. Born in 65. Y'all, Ron DeSantis is 44. Whether you pick Pence or Haley or Scott or DeSantis or any of these others, who, who is this guy? Doug Burgum is 66. Chris Christie's getting in. Chris Christie's 60 years old. Asa Hutchinson, Asa Hutchinson age. Uh, Oh, he's 72. So you'd have the old guy there. He'd be the oldest after Trump. Trump will be 77, 78 years old next year. Uh, Y'all, come on. It's remarkable that literally any Republican, including Donald Trump, is younger than Joe Biden. The public, the general American public, not not the hardcore supporters, not the hardcore partisans, but the public generally, the people in the middle, they do not want a Trump-Biden rematch. They want someone else. They're begging for someone else. They want anybody else. You offer them Republicans, anybody else, your chances of winning go up considerably. but there's an emotional side of it, too. There's an emotional part of this. There is the grudge match, the 2020 grudge match, the the, the thinking we, we've got to redo the grudge match of 2020. Was it really stolen? Will they try to steal it again? Do we have a better shot out of it? you, you got to understand the emotional side of that, but There's also the reasonable side of it, the reasoning side of it, the logic side of it. You have the American public who have literally been banging their head against the wall for a couple of years now saying, give us someone new. And you, the Republican Party of America, have all of these candidates under the age of 60, under the age of 65, under the age of 70, but literally, under the age of 60, you, you got all these candidates. You could give them and provide them. You've said you wanted somebody new. Hey, look. You've got the combat veteran. You've got the woman who's descended from, from uh, Indians. You've got the man descended from slaves. They're all under the age of 60, a really good, diverse group of people. Meanwhile, you got Joe Biden, who gets lost wandering the White House. His age is a big issue. And he's doing things, telling jokes and the like, trying to mitigate it, but it's still a big issue. But there's another issue. And this issue trumps that issue. No pun intended. There's a recession coming. There's a recession coming. I don't know when it's going to hit later this year. The economy is going to slow interest rates continue to rise. The economy is going to slow businesses are already preparing for it. They're already warning that it's coming. And Joe Biden continues to be pushed further and further to the left culturally on cultural issues. He's out to lunch. You know, the, the the mind-numbing thing to me, you had Vivek Ramaswamy and Donald Trump this weekend essentially try to declare uh, a truce on trans issues. At a time that non-white voters are moving more and more to the GOP on these issues, you got Trump and, and Ramaswamy's like, nah, we're kind of over it. Boys want to be in girls' sports okay. Let the states decide. That That's kind of weird, weird pivot. Ramaswamy came out and said if, if he would not ban trans uh, soldiers. You've got Biden on these cultural issues going hard left, but Biden economically is going hard left as well. And that's part of the problem. The hard left economic platform got us to the point of inflation. Here's Joe Manchin, of all people, uh, warning about this.
2: It's notable that you're not ready to, to, to sign off that Joe Biden's been moving to the middle. You don't buy it? Well, this this here, I, I think Joe Biden, that's his inherent uh, who he is, uh-huh. he's been pushed to the far left, and that far left is not basically right. where the country is. And the far right is not where the country is. Coming back to the middle, then we can continue to bring people to middle and do our job.
1: Joe Biden being pushed to the far left, according to people like Joe Manchin, it's hurting him economically, it's hurting him on environmental issues, it's hurting him on cultural issues. And at his age, he's being let around and let off stage. The Republicans have an opening... If they're willing to take it, the New York times now devoting pages to the idea that Joe Biden is old and that elderly statesman is becoming a liability and the whispers behind the scenes, Gavin Newsom would love to get in. Kamala Harris would love to, it. Pete Buttigieg would die to be president of the United States. He'd kill for it. And they're looking at the old man tripping over sandbags and they're thinking, Joe, is your time up? Polling suggests it is. But here's the problem for the Democrats. It's not easy to push out the incumbent, but it's incredibly easy for the GOP to do it if they're willing to make a rational, reasonable decision on the new face of the GOP. If only they will consider doing it. Now, I got to tell you about one of the groups out there helping the right. That's Patriot Mobile. And all you got to do to help Patriot Mobile is take your cell phone service to them. You just call them at 972-PATRIOT. Tell them I sent you. You get free activation. You can even go online, patriotmobile.com slash Eric. Tell them that you want to move your cell phone service to Patriot Mobile. You're going to get great savings. You're going to get guaranteed great service. They use the same cell towers you're probably already using. And then they take a portion of their profits and they send it to the causes you care about on the right. Second Amendment, the pro-life movement, conservative candidates on school boards. They've been so effective at it, the left has been attacking them across the country Uh, in newspapers, warning people about them. They're doing such a good job. You can do business with Patriot Mobile by going to PatriotMobile.com slash Eric. They have a a link you can check to see how great the service is in your area. I assure you, it's fantastic. Or you can call them 972-PATRIOT. You tell them I sent them. You get free activation with my name. You get great discounts. You're a veteran, an NRA member, a teacher, a first responder. Got a lot of lines for a lot of kids. You might be able to save some money. PatriotMobile.com slash Eric or 972-PATRIOT. Greetings, welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425, should you wish to be on the program. Got an email uh, from a listener, Vincent, uh, who says, I'm I'm listening to you about Toyota. I invited a guest from Atlanta down to New Orleans for a member guest tournament. Oh, he must be a good golfer. On the drive down, he had to stop 30 minutes or so to recharge trip nine hours or so uh, instead of seven and a half. While in New Orleans on the drive out from uptown to Kenner near the New Orleans airport, there were only two supercharger Tesla locations in the entire city. He admitted if he had a hybrid, it would have been much better. Yes, it would have been. Uh, the uh, You know, my CFO for my company had to go to a funeral, a uh, rural part, I think it was of Kentucky, and they wound up flying because The Tesla supercharger situation said, would it take him an extra hour and a half to two hours to get there uh, than if he flew? And so they flew. I'm not opposed if you want to get an electric car, get one. God bless you if you want to get one. But it's not for everybody. And environmentalists just seem to think that it is. Uh, and, And that's just, that's, that's a real problem. Uh, let's go to the phones, Bud. you're going to be up next. Welcome to the show. How are you? Bud? Hello. All right. Uh, we'll go back to him later and, and see if he's there. Um, uh, <laughs> calling on this very issue. As a matter of fact, um, we'll check in next hour. We don't have a lot of time left to take phone calls. I, I gotta, I, I, uh, so I I've been putting this off because I always seem to get hate mail on these issues and I just uh, occasionally I'm like what well, why 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 bother, but I got to. This one gnaws at me. The North Koreans, in fact, the dictator of North Korea, Kim Jong Un, has been put on the World Health Organization executive board. The World Health Organization is the World Lockdown Organization. It is that organization that demanded everybody in the world lockdown. It is that organization that screwed up uh, the investigation into COVID's origins uh, and covered for China. And the World Health Organization is actually Jong uh, Ming-Pak will sit on the World Health Organization's executive board until 2026 as the proxy for Kim Jong-un. So... North Korea will have a say in the governance of the World Health Organization, an organization that is already bending over backwards to cover for China. And Donald Trump congratulated Kim Jong un. Donald Trump congratulated him for this. Why would you congratulate a murderous dictator? Why would you do that, Donald Trump? I I just, this this man just locked up a family, including a toddler, in prison for life because the family had a Bible in their house. And you're going to congratulate this man? It's insane.